Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. The video that we just watched was, uh, was one where... The, the lady was really pouring out. You're good. You're good. Thank you. Okay. Where the lady was pouring out her heart the way that, honestly, we all should be able to do. Now, I will tell you this. One of the ways that we do that is in a small group. Uh, I don't know if you picked that up or not, but we have small groups that meet. Listen, if you're not in a small group, this is not a commercial for small groups, but if you're not in a small group, you're missing out. If all you're doing is coming here on Sunday morning and then leaving, you're missing out if you're, if you're not in a small group. Because small groups really is where real life happens. The lady was talking about, honestly, being, being who she was, being real and being open and transparent. And one of the things that I really loved about the video was that, and the reason I wanted to play it for you, is that it really spoke to what we're all about and what we want here as a church. It really spoke to the, the needs that we have as people and the way in which that we can bring about um, an openness to God so that God can change us. And so today, I thought what I would do is, is I would talk about being real for what? Being real for what? We're going to be in Psalm chapter 6 today. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but Psalm chapter 6. I hope you have your Bible with you. Um, if you don't, grab your uh, smartphone or whatever you have, dumb phone, whatever you have, um, flip phone, bring, grab that, and uh, let's look at Psalm cha- uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. It's the whole psalm. Now, you have to know something about this psalm. David, David is actually toward the end of his life, and he has had a life that has been um, uh, adventurous to say the least, all right? Adventurous to say the least. He is at a time where his enemies are coming against him, and this is exactly what he wrote. He said this, and we can read it up there. Let's start with, O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you... Restore me. Return, O Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. For the dead do not remember you. Who can praise you from the grave? I am worn out from sobbing. All night, all night, I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with tears. My vision is blurred because of grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. And then there's a switch, and he says this. Go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. David is at a very low point in his life. And he is expressing to God, and he is being real with God, which is something that David did often. 
He did it a lot of times. He was very real with God. He didn't hold back. The scripture defines David as someone who has got a heart after God. All right? He's got a heart. A man after my own heart is how the scripture defines David. David is a man who is in agony. And instead of, instead of pretending, instead of pretending like that he's not uh, in, in agony, instead of pretending like he is, uh, everything's okay, instead of getting up on Sunday morning and coming and putting on a coat and a tie or whatever else, skinny jeans and a t-shirt, whatever else, instead of doing all that, David does something that a lot of us don't do. David opened himself up to God. And he was very honest, and he was very real, and he was very vulnerable, and he expressed himself to God. And he didn't hold anything back. Nothing back. Real for what? In searching the scriptures this week, I've come up with three things that I believe God wanted me to share with you today. And the first one is this, and I don't want you to miss this one. To be filled up, you guys, there has to be a pouring out. I don't want you to miss that. To be filled up, there has to be a pouring out. To be be where you want to be with God, to be where God wants to get you, there has to be a pouring out. Can Can I move this mic down a little bit? It's driving me absolutely nuts. Is that okay? Is that better? Okay, that, that's better for me. To, to, in order for there to be a filling up, there has to be a pouring out. Now, I want you guys to listen to this. Peter was a man who was wanting to follow Jesus, and he actually did so for three years. He followed Jesus for three years. Peter was always, if you look in the scriptures, you guys, Peter's always mentioned as number one in the list of the disciples. You know what I mean? Number one. He's always number one. Now, let me ask you a question. Why do you guys think that is? Why do you think he was always number one? You know why he was always number one? He was always number one because he was the one that always threw himself out there. Peter was always the one that threw himself out there. He was always listed first. Whenever you go to list some people who were there at church today, you would probably list those that stood out the most or did the most or or you've remembered in your mind. That's exactly what Peter did. Every list he's given, it's always Peter first and everybody else second. He was a guy who had a zeal and he really wanted to follow Jesus. He really did. But here's the thing about Peter, and we can see it in the scripture. Here's the thing about Peter. Peter Peter never poured his own self out. Are you with me? He never poured himself out. Peter never did that when Jesus was alive. He followed Christ. He did good things for Christ. He defended Christ, but he never, ever poured himself out. You know how I know that? Because there's a scene at the Last Supper. And I think we have the text up there. Can we bring that up there? There's a scene at the Last Supper. This text is from Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Remember, he's talking to Peter here. Go ahead. Peter said, Lord, and this is the funny part that we all know now, but he didn't know then. Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. Is that me? Okay. And even to die with you. Go ahead. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow, you will deny me 
you will deny three times that you know me. We'll stop there. What's going on here? Let me tell you what's going on. What's going on is, is that Peter is making these bold proclamations like he always does. These bold proclamations of there's no way in the world that I'm going to let you go to the cross. Let me say something, buddy. As long as I'm here, that ain't going to happen, Jack. As long as I'm here, ain't nobody taking you. This is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He meant good. He meant to do well. But Jesus looked at him and said, man, you're going to deny me before the morning. You're going to deny me before the morning. Why? Because Jesus knew the real Peter. You know, I have something to admit, kind of ashamed of it, to be honest with you. And you guys don't judge me for this. Um, I love HGTV. I love it. Do you guys love HGTV? Do I need to leave my man card on the table? I love HGTV. I do. I love it. You know, last night I was chilling at the house, looking over some sermon notes on my phone, watching Property Brothers, <laughs> hanging out. Love it. Watching them things, you know. And then they got that, uh, what's the one with the people in Waco? Uh, Fixer Upper. I like that. I like that a lot too. And it's amazing because it's crazy. Here's what happens. They, they, go, they go to these homes, okay? And usually they go to these homes and there's a, in, in their brain they have something that they want to do. And so they're looking at these homes and man, these homes are trashed. Every one of them, they're all trashed. I mean, they are messed up. I mean, there'll be a, you know, a, a washer and dryer in the kitchen, all right? You guys know what I'm saying? That was last night. There was a washer and dryer in the kitchen. I was like, who did that? But there was a, I watched the other day, and there were four different kind of countertops in one kitchen, you know? And so these people are going, this is ridiculous. And they can never see how anything could change. Oh, this is not going to be, I'm telling you, we can do it. All I need is seven weeks and 300,000 bucks, and we can get it done. That's what they say. That's what they say, you know? And I don't know where these people get their money from, but, you know, I mean, they're like 26. Yeah, we're our budget's like 1.5 million. I'm going, dude, you know, I'm like 15,000 over here. Um, but but what, what, what they do is, is they go into these homes and they, and they destroy some of the things in these homes, and that's kind of the fun part. They're taking the thing and they're hitting it, they're knocking down various things. It's really fun. It's really fun to watch. And I'm sitting here watching it and, and I, I'm on the edge of my seat going, okay, I wonder what they're going to do. And they give them the little cartoon-like shows of like what's really going to happen in the kitchen. And you see the whole process, all right? You see the whole process of, of the kitchen and the, and, 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 the, and the living room. And then they always have to open it up because that's kind of in style now. Oh, we got to, oh, this thing is way too closed down. We got to open it up. So they open it up and it's amazing. And it goes from this, this thing to this thing of beauty. It goes from this home to a thing of beauty is what happens. This, this old worn down home to a thing of beauty. And the funny thing is, is you can always tell the people that lived there before were trying to do the best they can do, but they're ready to get out of that house. You know what I'm saying? It takes someone new to come in to kind of fix on the house. I love that. I love at the end whenever they say, hey, and they got the big thing and they pulled it apart. Here's your new home. Woo. Oh my gosh. And they start crying and they go in. I love that. What I want you to understand is this. 
in the process of doing that to a home, you have to rip some things out before you can replace some things. Are you with me? You have to allow those people to come in, those experts to come in, those ones that know about homes and tear those things down and bring them out before the new can come in. Guys, our life is the exact same way. It's the exact same way. We have to be willing to allow God to come in and take some things out so that he can bring new things in and make you look like you were always meant to look to begin with. Now, I got some good news for you. Let me let you know this. I didn't give my life to Christ until I was 19. And I will be honest with you guys. I knew who Jesus was when I was 16. That's when I found out who Jesus was. But it took me almost three years. Do you know why? Do you know why I didn't give my life to Christ? Because I didn't want to be a sissy. Isn't that funny? I'm sure there's ladies here going, sissy, what are you talking about? Listen, I read all this stuff in the text, and I'd read the Bible. I read all this stuff in the text, and I'm like, man, I don't want to be no pushover. I don't want to be no sissy. I don't want to do that. That's kind of how I looked at things. But the amazing thing was, was finally someone said this to me. Someone said, hey, listen, you've got it all wrong, man. God doesn't want to take all of you and throw it away. See, he created you. What he wants for you is to be exactly who he created you to be to begin with. And in order for that to happen, there's some things in your life you're going to have to give up and some things you're going to have to let go so that he can bring new things in. You see, the great thing I want to tell you is this. God didn't create you with the personality that you have in order to make you a dud. All right? Are you with me? If you have a personality that's kind of big and out there, that's okay. Because you know what? God can use that. It's always cool in those shows, too. In those shows, there's always a time whenever the people come in and they look and they were like, oh my gosh, that's my so-and-so that was way over there. And they were like, yeah, what we did is, is we repurposed it and we put it over here. So we didn't want to throw it away. We wanted to keep that because that was good. That was a good thing. And we put it in the kitchen and we made it here. They always do that. They, always, they don't ever come in and destroy the whole home. What they do is, is they take the things out that need to go and replace it with the good things. And that's exactly what God wants to do with us. He's not trying to change your personality unless, unless your personality needs to be changed to make him more, more uh, glorified and to make you more holy. He's not, the scripture says that we are, we are wonderfully made, all right? The scripture says that he knew us even before we were born. He knows who you are. He's not trying, he's wanting to enhance those things about you that he can use for his glory. That's what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to enhance the things so that you, let me give you an example, all right? I'm kind of an obnoxious guy. I know that shocks y'all. But listen, I'm a little bit obnoxious. I've always been obnoxious. Honestly, I, 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 was, an, I was probably ADD, you know. I had every letter, A, B, D, C. I had it all, all right? I checked every box. But that was before they gave you pills for that, that stuff, all right? So I went through school and I drove my teachers nuts. I mean crazy nuts. I did. I drove them crazy. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Whenever I started feeling like God wanted me to be a pastor, I was like, man, I just can't do that. I just don't think I can do that. I mean, I've seen my pastor up there. He's kind of laid back. 
and he's kind of serious. And I'm not serious. I mean, I am sometimes, but you know, I don't really like being that serious. And I'm like, gosh, man, and he wears those stuffy suits. And I got a fat neck. And those suits, man, will choke you out. Those ties, you know what I mean? I mean, when I go to a funeral, man, I feel like I need to get in the box. I mean, I'm not kidding you, man. I feel like I'm about to die. It's bad. And I'm like, there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can do that. And then someone said, hey, listen, it's okay. You don't have to be the head pastor. You can be a youth pastor. And I'm like, cool, man. I get to hang out with kids. I'll do that for years and years. And that's what I did for years and years, hung out with teenagers. And I was like, man, it's like better, the more you act like them, the better you do. They give, they give you raises and money and vacation time and all kind of crap. It's awesome. And then God called me to lead a church. And I guess he wanted to give me double portion because he said, no, I don't need to lead a church. I don't need to plant one. And I was like, oh, Lord, are you sure? I just don't think people would take me seriously. Are you sure? Are you sure that's what you want to do with me? And over the last year, I've watched. This God used this part and this part and this part. The things that I thought were negative were positive. The fact that I can be a little bit blunt, God's used for his glory to help people. And I never thought it would happen. And he does the same thing with you. He can repurpose those things that you think may be broken. He can repurpose those for his glory. He can do it. Just like, just like those people on Fixer Upper and just like those two property brothers, they can take something and repurpose it to another area. And you go in and it's absolutely beautiful and everything seems to fit. And that's exactly what happens with us. But I want to tell you something. In order for there to be a filling up, in order for you to be filled up, there has to be a pouring out. It has to happen. It has to happen. And if it's never happened to you, it needs to happen. It really does. The second thing is this. Living a life that's real is the starting point, not the destination. Living a life that's real is the starting point and not the destination. You know, in the psalm, we can read, and we read where, where David is pouring himself out to God. And it's just, I mean, literally laying his whole life out there. Hey, can I tell you something? The, he, he, didn't, he didn't do that his whole life. That's something that he's done over a lifetime. It's something that's happened over a lifetime of walking with God. He knew God enough that he could trust him and say, hey, you know what? I can trust God. He's going to work with me. And in, in verses 8 through 10, we see he comes back to it, and he says, oh, let me tell you something. God, God's got my back. That's basically what he's saying. God, God's on his way. He, I, I, can, I can trust him. That's a lifetime of stuff. Hey, listen, being, being real, living a life that's real is a starting point. It is not the destination. It's so funny because even some of you, and I, I'm not going to call you guys out by name, but even some of you guys, a lot of times what we fall into here at this church is, is uh, whenever you do something that, that maybe is not something God wants you to do or maybe whenever you say something or whenever over you, you, you have a certain behavior maybe that you know that God really doesn't like and that you probably shouldn't be doing, what you guys usually say is this, hey man, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. And that's good. That's good that you're being real. But what are you being real for? For what? You see, being real with God is just the start. It's a starting point. It's, it, it's, not, it's not the ending point. It's the starting point. It's not the destination. It's the starting point. Opening yourselves up to God is the starting point. You know, a couple years back, Wendy and I built a home. 
We did. We have a nice home. We built a home, and uh, and James and Lisa actually help uh, helped us pick out the home and build the home. So if you need a realtor, James and Lisa. Anyway, but but they, uh, uh, you're welcome. Uh, but uh, James and Lisa helped me build this home, and it was so exciting to watch because because we went out and and they they had these little markers and they marked off the house, and I was like, man, it was dirt and literally sticks and string. I mean, that's all it was. But we were excited. It was like, oh my gosh, man, this thing's gonna be so awesome. It's going to be so awesome. And so we waited, and then they started digging. And one day I came out, and they were pouring the concrete. They were pouring the concrete. They poured the concrete, and we could see the form. We could see the foundation. We could see the whole thing. And a couple days later, that concrete hardened up, and you could go walk on it. It was smooth. And Wendy and I decided at that point, since the concrete was there, that we would just go ahead and move in. And so we brought the U-Haul truck. We put couches and chairs. It was a little cold. I'm not going to lie to you. It rained a little bit. You know, I said, Blake, here's where your bed would be, son. Let's mark this out. We had a cooler for the kitchen and the refrigerator. We marked it out. And we sat there on that concrete. And we were like, man, isn't this awesome? We love it. This is great. What a, God, thank you so much for this beautiful home. Thank you so much for this house. You know, the neighbors drove by and they were like, well, that don't match the HOA. <laughs> Kept on driving. They called us, and they were getting on us and stuff. Finally, we got evicted. Of course, we didn't do that. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? Why? Why not? Well, because here's the thing. You, you don't live. You don't live with the foundation. You don't live in that. What, what you do is, 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 is you, have, you have wood, and, and, and they, they mark out the rooms and, and they have electricity and there's a roof that covers your head. And we watched as this thing went up and, and built and built and it was amazing. And the end result was, was that we were able to walk in and, and Blake actually, we didn't even know, his room was on the second floor. He was on the concrete earlier. He was on the second floor and he went up to his room. We were down in our room and we, had, we even had a kitchen with running water. It was crazy. You know, we had plug-ins. We could run things. It was amazing. Well, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. A lot of us, you guys, are living our lives. And you're saying, yeah, God, I want to be real with you. And that's it. You're not doing anything else. You're not opening yourself up to him. You're not. You're not doing anything else. You're just staying right there. It's the same OU that it was before, except now you go to a church called Real Church, and the pastor talks about being truthful and being honest and being open with what God wants to do in your life and being where you are, exactly where you are. And yet it's like most of us are sleeping on concrete because we're just there at the foundation. But being real with God is, is, is the starting point. It's not the destination. It's not the house. It's not the house that God wants to build. It's not the house at all. You guys can tell I watch a lot of HGTV because both examples have been about a house, can't you? Can't you? I know, right? I'll watch like overhauling next week and we'll talk about cars. Um, you guys know what God wants from you? He wants you to be real, but I want to say something. He wants you to be real obedient is what he wants. He, he, he wants you to be, he, he wants you to really pursue holiness. He wants you to be really loving and he wants you to be really compassionate and he, he wants you to be really holy. And he wants you to be really kind. That's what he wants. 
If all you do is open yourself up and that's it, it's worthless. You know, it's funny. And that brings me kind of to the third point. The reason we open ourselves up, we open ourselves up to God. Why? So he can change us. That's why. It's so God can change us. I want to tell you guys this. Being real with God and staying the same is worthless. Is worthless. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. It's worthless. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 2, verse 29. Do we have that up there, Linda? I'm not sure if I sent it. Yeah, there it is. It says, no, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. And it goes on to say, rather, it is a change of heart. And I want you to get, this is the part I want you to get. The change of heart. And how is it produced? How is the change of heart produced? It's produced by God's spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not from people. How is it produced, Romans says? It's produced by God's Holy Spirit. That's how it, that's produced. It's produced by God's Holy Spirit. See, we have to open ourselves up and allow God's Holy Spirit to come in and to begin to point out. Even yesterday, as I was going through this message and I was praying, God, God kind of spoke to me and said, this area... This little thing right here, um, you really need to work on that. That little thing. And I'm like, man, I don't want to work on that. Ugh. I don't want to do that. No, you really need to work on that. You really need to work on that. All right, I'll work on it. And what's happened to me in the past is, is that when God has done that, Person, song, text, whatever has come together and has pushed me forward in that area. Pushed me forward. Why? Because I was opened up to what God wanted to do. There's a commercial that I love, and it's not about houses. It's about a dentist office, and it shows the dentist office, and the guy sitting there in the chair, and the guy looks over him and says, oh, man, these are the worst cavities I have ever seen. I mean, these are the worst I've ever seen. And the girl comes by and says, ooh, they were bad. They were horrible cavities. And the guy's going, hur, hur. He's, he's there in the chair. These are the worst cavities ever. Well, all right, thanks. And then he walks away. And the guy goes, what, what, what do you mean? What, what are you going to do? And the guy basically says, hey, look, man, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a dental monitor. I'm not a dentist. I just kind of monitor things. That's what I do. I kind of monitor things. A lot of us, a lot of us know that we have cavities in our life. And all we have, all we have are those cavities that are still there. But it's almost like we're a monitor. You know, yeah, God's pointed that out to me. I, think I, I don't think I'm going to do anything with it, though. He's, he's pointed it out to me. I, I don't think I'm going to do anything with it. I think I'll be fine. And day after day and year after year, month after month and year after year, we live and we're the same people that we were before, living with the same anger, frustration, guilt, all the way down, all those things that you know that God doesn't want you to live with. And so what you do is, is you choose to sleep on the concrete instead of sleeping in the house because you want to stay the same. That's not how God's economy works. It's not. 
If you want to get to the point where God wants you to get, you're going to have to decide not only to be real, but to be willing to change. And a lot of us stop there. A lot of us do. You know, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but my usual chiseled, beautiful face is messed up a little bit today because I shaved my goatee. I had to. All right? You guys don't know. I didn't realize how small my mouth was until I shaved my goatee. I was like, dude, I got a tiny mouth, man. A fat head and a tiny mouth. That's terrible. And I was going, I was trying to figure my mouth out a little bit. But um, I shaved my goatee. Why did I shave my goatee? Let me tell you why I shaved my goatee. I shaved it because I had to go to the dermatologist and have something checked out. No, I don't have a fungus. Uh, I had like this little knot under my chin, and I had to go get it checked out the other day. All right? Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I did. I went to the doctor, and here's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know what I had and how we're going to fix it. We, we, we planned that one. What I had and how we're going to fix it. That's what I wanted to know. I didn't want to know all kinds of other things. He walked in and said, hey, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing fine, except I got this thing. All right? And, 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 and I wanted to know what I had and how we're going to fix it. That's what I wanted to know. That's it. You know, it's funny because a lot of us, we'll go to God and he'll tell us what we have and he'll try to tell us how to fix it, but we're not willing to change. We leave it right there. That's where we leave it. We leave it right there. Let me encourage you guys this. Don't leave it there. If you are living the same life that you lived this time last year, there is an issue. There's a, there's a famous saying in, in churches, it's this, you're either growing or you're dying. And there is no difference. You're growing or you're dying. There's no in-between. You're growing or you're dying. Don't stay there. Listen, don't move your furniture out to the, to the concrete and live there. Don't do that. You've already decided to come to a church called Real Church. I'm sure you have to explain that a lot. Oh, y'all the real church. Huh? I get it. Yeah, I have to explain that all the time. Too. I'm like, man, why did I name it that for? Anyway, so um, you already go to the church called Real Church. Be real and be willing to change when God reveals things to you. You see, it wasn't until Peter, you know when Peter really started following Jesus? He was with him for three years. Do you know when he started following Jesus? Whenever he, whenever he was on the beach. When he was on the beach and Jesus says, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? feed my sheep, that after Jesus had rose from the dead, that is when Peter started following Jesus. That's when we start seeing the changes. That's when he goes and preaches in, in front of people and thousands give their life to Christ. That's when we see the formation of who Peter was whenever he wrote the books, First and Second Peter, those letters. That's what we see. It wasn't whenever he was going around unwilling to change those three years. It wasn't when he was doing good works. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, he was probably on a setup team, all right? He was doing good works. But there was no change. He was the same. If you're the same as you were a year ago, I think you probably need to talk to God about some areas that he wants you to change. Because God is not a sit-still God. God's on the move. And all I want for us is to ride the wave 
that he provides. That's it. That's it. Real for what? Well, real so that God can change and mold and bend and throw away certain parts and build the spiritual house that we call you. That's what God wants to do. Let me pray for y'all. Lord God, I am so thankful for the people that are here. I'm thankful that you, uh, that you love us enough to be willing to help us change. I'm thankful that you love us enough that you are, um, really, Lord, that you, are, that you see us and that you know that you know the areas in which we need to change. And God, you reveal those to us. Everyone sitting here right now knows an area, can say it in their head right now, an area that they need to change. Everyone, including me, everyone. God, I pray that you would allow people, um, really God, the determination, allow them by your spirit um, the truth to come in, allow the truth to come in, God, and let them see that you are the answer. It's you who wants to do the building. It's you who wants to give. Don't let people live in that old house. Don't let people live in that old house with three different countertops and stuff. Don't let people live in that house. Let them live in the house that you want to build for them. And it all starts with surrender. It all starts with being real like David was. It all starts... It all starts with opening your hearts up and letting the Holy Spirit come in. And God, as you do that, as you change us, we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise, we promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, I don't know where you are with God. I'll be down here in front, though. If there's something that God is speaking to you, maybe there's something that you need prayer over, I'll be down here in front, I promise. Uh, I'll pray for you, but there's nothing magical about me, you guys. If there's a friend right beside you, say, hey, listen, man, can we pray? That's fantastic. Pray with them. But as we, as we do this final song, as we close, as we do this song, my prayer for you is, is that you won't stay where you are. My prayer is, is that you will decide today, hey, that one area, that one area that Barry was talking about, that one area that I know, God, I'm gonna let you start working on me in that area. That's my prayer for you. Let's stand up and let's worship. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.